All right, the nursery age, zero to four, can be dismissed. The kindergarten through fifth grade can be dismissed to their class. And if you have your Bibles, you can be turning to Psalm 119. Today we are on part seven. And to give you a a heads up to the kind of the direction of Psalm 119, we're going to go through it all. And it's going to lead us into a on one a first Sunday in November. We're going to have a special Sunday um, um, for the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians, and um, the the section we'll be in fits perfectly with that. And then the rest of the year, it's going to lead us into um, the Christmas season. The last two sections of Psalm 119 are going to lead us into the last two Sundays, the Sunday before Christmas and then Christmas Eve this year, and then our Christmas Eve service. So it's all leading up to that time. And I'll get out more information to you. I'm going to write up a little uh, a letter just to send to everybody to give you the direction of where we're going um, for Sunday mornings. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for that. And that's just I wanted to give you a heads up of where we're going with Psalm 119 because <clears throat> we're going to cover it all. Um, Before we pray, we're going to read this together. This is Psalm 119, verse 49 to 56. And another heads up, um, I'm going to be going to different passages in the Bible, um, and they're in your bulletin. If you've got a bulletin, I referenced them right here. So if you have your bulletin, they're already written down for you, so you can know what's coming ahead. So I wanted to give that to you so you can have a heads up. Um, Here we go. Psalm 119, starting in verse 49. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. The arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I do not turn from your law. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, and I find comfort in them. Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night, Lord, I remember your name, that I may keep your law. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. Pray with me before we dive in to this section. God, we give you thanks this morning to be able to gather together, to sing songs of praise to Your name, to remember Jesus who has died, rose again, and is coming back. And now we thank You for Your Word and how powerful and alive it is, instructing us, giving us wisdom, rebuking us and reproving us. Help us to have ears to hear today and hearts to obey. Renew our minds, O Lord. God, there's many of those not with us this morning. For whatever reason, I pray that You would be with them. That You would continue to give them strength, guidance, comfort, rest. And let them know that You are with them through whatever they're going through at this time. 
Thank you for being a God who cares, a God who listens, a God who answers according to your will. So we pray that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our family has a game. Uh, Some of you may have played it with us. I'm not sure of who has been to our house and played this game. But it's called Think and Sync. Does anybody remember if you came to our house and played that game? Anybody played that game with us? I know Betsy, you might have have. And Jesse has. I think so. But Think and Sync is a game. And you have a card that there's a category and there's four things that um, the person sitting next to you, so you go around in a circle, so you have a... It would be me and whoever's sitting next to me and the card reader would say the category and then the sentence and then they count down. Three, two, one. And myself and the the person sitting next to me, we would shout out an answer and if our answers matched, we get a point. Think and sync. You got to think like the other person. You get a point. Three, two, one. And then you shout your answer. This passage to me, has a three, two, one moment. And you're like, what? Let me explain, okay? Let me explain. Three, two, one. What do I mean by this? Three, remember. There's three remembers in this passage. And first one is in chat, verse 49. It starts off, remember your word. And then you get to verse 52, I remember And then verse 55, I remember. So how many remembers? Three. So that's the three. What's the second number? Two. There's two comfort. There's two comforts in this passage. Number Verse 50, my comfort in my suffering is this. And then you have it in verse 52, I find comfort in them. So you have three, what's the word with three? And two... Comfort, and then you have one song. That's in verse 54. Your decrees are the theme of my song. So we have in this passage a three, which is what? Two, one, three, two, one. So that's what we're going to cover today. Three remember, two comfort, one song. And they're going to go together, okay? They, they go together. So three, two, one, here we go. Can we, can we do that? I say three, two, one, and we all shout, here we go. Online, I want to hear you, okay? So three, two, one, here we go. That, oh, that sounds good. I love it. I'm an athlete, so I love like shouting crowds, okay? I love watching sports, and the crowd's good. And this is a side note, but when you say like a response to anything that's it's a worship song or a, a communion meditation. And I, and I hear people say like, amen or praise the Lord. I'm always like, it blows me away. Sometimes it chokes me up and I start crying and I don't let you see I'm crying, but it's in, in my mind I'm crying. But I love those amens, praise the Lord's when people shout those out. So here we go. That's just a side note. Remember, everybody say that. So three, remember, here we go. So verse 49 tells us, Remember the hope God has given us. So the psalmist says, Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. Who gives the psalmist hope? God. Nothing else. 
The psalmist says, you give me hope. Remember your servant because you gave me hope. So we've got to remember the hope God has given us. For the psalmist, the word from God gives hope in life. Did you catch that? Remember your word to your servant. What gives this servant hope? The word of God. The word of the Lord. It remember, he's remembering it. Our first passage, if you have it in there in your uh, bulletin, it's second. Thessalonians 2, 16 through 17. And the Apostle Paul says this. So the Apostle Paul writes to believers in the city of Thessalonica. And here's what Paul writes to believers. He says this. May our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father. So who's he talking about? God. Okay. He's saying, may God and Jesus, our Savior Himself, who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Who gives good hope? God. Paul is reminding the believers in Thessalonica, good hope comes from God and Jesus Himself. Okay? And then he ends, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. The Lord is giving encouragement and good hope to these believers. Nothing else. God's word and God himself gives good hope. Because who wrote the Bible? He inspired writers, but who breathed it into these writers? God. We learned that last week, didn't we? God breathed in these scriptures to give hope. So the first thing we got to do is remember the hope God has given us. Because without that, I don't know how I would be living. Without the hope of God and everlasting life and the good hope that's coming. I don't know what I would do. Number two, remember. So that's the first remember. The second remember is remember the ancient laws of God. And that's in verse 52. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws. What's he remembering? Ancient laws. Do we sing a song about ancient words? Ever true? Words of hope. I'm not going to get them all, but words of life, words of hope, comfort, all that. Ancient laws. In Romans 15.4, we mentioned this last week too. But the Apostle Paul writes to believers in Rome. He says this to them. And to us today. For everything that was written in the past. When? In the past. Was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures. And the encouragement they provide. We might have hope. Again there's a thing about hope in there too. But what's giving them hope? The scriptures. And the psalmist says, I remember your ancient laws, Lord. Now, Paul also writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we also said this last week, but I love this, ver- these, this section. He says to Timothy, how from infancy, oh man, Paul is telling Timothy how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. 
Timothy knows the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. Look at all these things. For teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Paul is encouraging Timothy. You know those Scriptures you've known since infancy? Keep learning them. Keep teaching them. They're going to help you. And teach them to other people. Okay? So Paul is encouraging Timothy. And then this is my favorite. Uh, Jesus is always a favorite of mine. How about you? Is Jesus always a favorite? Okay. Jesus, when he went to the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Okay, And the devil's trying to tempt him like with these different temptations. But the first one, the devil comes to him and says, Hey, turn these stones into bread. And I love Jesus' response. Look what he says. He's quoting from Moses, by the way. The books of Moses. And he says, When tempted by the devil, Jesus quotes from Moses. It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What's the psalmist saying? I remember your ancient laws, Lord. Those things in the past that were written down for us to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, to train us in righteousness. And Jesus, the best quoter of the Scriptures ever, says, man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word of God. That's how I live. If Jesus is saying that, I think we should be saying it's important. God's Word's important from Genesis to what? Revelation. I hear some people sometimes say, well, I don't read Leviticus. I don't read Chronicles. Well, it's important, isn't it? To know the story of how God has been working in history. It's written down to help us. So remember the ancient laws of God. The third remember is remember the name of God. That's in verse... Missed it. Where is it? 55. I remember your name. So in the night, Lord, I remember your name. Now, Psalm 119, we're talking about God's Word. What do we do with this beautiful book? You don't have to answer out loud or raise your hand, but how many of us read this? don't have to answer out loud, but... If you read it, okay, you've read through it many times maybe, but reading through God's Word, the Holy Bible, you'll read many different names for God, right? There's a lot of names for God. If you read from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find there's more than one name for God. There's a lot. And it helps us understand the character and the mind of God because remembering the name of God, whichever one of the many you remember, from Genesis to Revelation, it helps us. It gives us the character of God. It gives us who God is, what God does, how God rescues people, how God provides for people. There's names for that. Did you know that? In the original languages, there's different names for God the Provider, God for Salvation. You know, Jehovah, you've heard of that one, right? That's God. It means the Lord is Salvation, Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, it's the God who provides, okay? So, 
Whatever name you remember, it helps us. And I brought this. It's from my desk. I don't know if you've been in my office and you've seen this. Anybody seen this in my office from Thursday morning gathering? Cheryl, have you noticed this on my desk? You have? Okay. JD, have you? Ah, JD. No, I'm just kidding. But this sits on my desk, okay? So... I know you can't see it from up there, but out there. If you can, that's great eyesight. Um, but these are, it says Jesus in the middle on this side, but all around it, it has names for Jesus. Now, if I went through them all, I'd be here for a few minutes maybe. But, it, you know, some of them are friend, redeemer, bright morning star, king of kings, the lamb of God, servant, wonderful counselor, Emmanuel, saviors on this side in the middle, a king of kings, alpha and omega, merciful teacher, risen Lord. There's a lot of names for Jesus when you read through Scripture. Why do I have it on my desk? To remind myself who Jesus is. He's much more than just a Savior. He's a lot. He brings healing. He brings comfort. He's the Word of God. He's the truth and life. He's the light of the world. Okay, He's a lot that helps us. I'm going to leave that there. Can you see it? And this is what Peter says in Acts chapter 4. Okay, I love Peter because he speaks the truth. If you read his sermons in the book of Acts, and they are powerful sermons just to read. I, I like to hear them one day from his own mouth. But I, I know I can't, so I don't, I don't, I don't think they had uh, video recorders back then, okay? So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he spoke this, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Do you remember the name of Jesus? Paul wrote this to the Philippian believers in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no other name. Jesus is above the name above all names. And every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. I want to see that picture. I want to see that scene. So, we remember the hope God has given us. We remember the ancient laws and we remember the name of God. So what's our three? Remember. Now we go to the two. Comfort. So we see it in, the first one is in verse 50. Thank you, J.D. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. So our number one comfort point, we are comforted by God's promise or word in our suffering. So that promise um, 
in the Hebrew language is imra. That's the Hebrew word. And it means sayings of or words of command and promise. And in one Hebrew Chaldee lexicon, it said, especially the word of God. So this is saying, my comfort in suffering is this. The psalmist is saying, your word preserves my life. Your promise preserves my life. It's the same thing. Your commands, your precepts, uh, all the synonyms in here. Your word, God, preserves my life. That's so cool to me because we've been talking about the word of God. And the word here, promise or saying of God preserves life. There's different translations. One says word, it says promise, and another says saying, okay? They're all the same thing. But the Hebrew word, if, if you remember from, I forget how many weeks ago, I'm gonna, but you'll remember it, I hope. Uh, the Hebrew word for revive is hayah. Remember that? You ever do that to a kid? Hayah, you know, like to anybody? That, get, that means revive. It gives life. It gives energy. If somebody comes into a room and says hayah, I think the energy in the room would go up, okay? I think so. But that's the Hebrew word for preserves life. It revives us. Okay? Now, the psalmist here, though, is saying, my comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise, your word, your saying preserves my life. It gives me energy. It revives me, even in the suffering. Does that encourage us? It comforts us. God's Word comforts us in the suffering. Okay, It helps us to get through it. And then, I mean, they go together, but the comfort, we are comforted by God's ancient laws. In verse 50, man, I'm losing my mind here. Verse 52, I remember, Lord, your ancient laws. I find comfort in them. I might have asked this question before, but where do you go for comfort in the suffering? Do you immediately go to God's Word? Or do we go to a friend? Or do we go somewhere else? When we're suffering, where do we find comfort? The psalmist is saying, I find comfort in God's Word and the ancient laws of God. I go there. That's when I find comfort. God's laws bring comfort to us. Now, you'll, you might resonate with this one because I did when I was writing it down and remembering it for myself. Remember those parts of God's Word that we think are so ancient? Old, vintage, out of date, not relevant for today's society. Well, dot, 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 dot. Even God's Ancient laws, there we find comfort. Even in the most vintage law there is, we can find comfort. And the psalmist is saying, that's where I go, to the ancient laws. Like I said earlier, some people don't go to the Old Testament. (laughs) Let me just read the New Testament. But you know what? What are we in right now? The Old Testament. Are we finding comfort in Psalms? Is the psalmist finding comfort in the books of Moses? The ancient laws? All the way back to Genesis even? God created the world? 
You know, we can find great comfort from Genesis to Revelation. I'd love to study like all the books with all of you. Hopefully I have that much time, okay? I'm not going to say this out loud, but I will. Some of you may not have that much time, but to go through it with me, okay? That's what I'm saying. To go through it with me. I might not even have enough time. I'm just saying we might not have time together, okay, to go through every book of the Bible together up here on Sunday morning. I, I would love to, though. But the ancient laws, do you find comfort in them? I hope we do. And then, so, sorry, three was what? Two and one song. We finish with the song and it says, Your decrees are the theme of my song. The theme of our song is God's Word. Is God's Word. William Van Gemeren wrote this in his commentary. It says, Difficult as life may be, we can all agree with that one. Life is difficult. Difficult as life may be, God's Word can help the suffering sing even at night. This lifestyle does not develop overnight, but comes from habitual practice. The psalmist guarded carefully the precepts of God because in them he found life, restoration, and comfort. God's word to this psalmist was his song. That was his theme of his life, his song, his way of habit, of living. Steve Baker, he's a friend of mine. He's the minister at my parents' church in Illinois. And I told him I was going to quote him. I was like, is that okay? He's like, yeah, go ahead. So Steve Baker, in one of his sermons to his congregation, he was talking about God's Word, and he was saying this, and I quote him, There are many different voices that you have access to throughout the week. And he was talking about news, uh, the papers, the magazines, anything. We have access to a lot of voices, right? And he goes on, though, If you are not on a steady diet of God's Word, you are starving yourself. I loved that. If we're not on a steady diet of God's Word, we're starving ourselves. We're starving ourselves. I know you've heard the phrase maybe like you feast on God's Word. When I was teaching uh, in Korea and the section of the Bible, it talks about like, eating God's Word and feeding on it, and they're all like, what? I'm like, you don't literally eat the Bible, but you just soak in and eat those words up because they give life and energy and preservation. And the psalmist is saying, that's the theme of my song. That's the theme of my life. So questions, three questions for you. What is the theme of our song or your song? What drives us along the faith journey we are on? And what gives direction and wisdom where we lodge or live? And from the psalmist, we say, it's God's Word. But if we're honest with ourselves, can we all answer that? It's God's Word. So go to Colossians chapter 3. We mentioned three of the verses in Sunday school, if you were in there. But Colossians chapter 3, we're going to go there. And the Apostle Paul, again, writes amazing words, okay? So, Colossians chapter 3. 
starting in verse 1. We're going to read a lot of them because you're going to get an idea that Paul kind of agrees with the psalmist wholeheartedly. And he's encouraging the believers at Colossae and us today to do the same thing. So look at this. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Then put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. But I love this. You used to walk in these ways. In the life you once lived. But, I love that word. Remember, that's my favorite word in the Bible. But, Now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. So what they're doing? They're putting on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach. Admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What's the theme of Paul's life from that section? Jesus. Set your minds on things above where Christ is seated. Put all those filthy things away and clothe yourselves with all the things Jesus had, I think, I believe, Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiving one another. And let that rule your hearts. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly so that you can encourage each other and love each other. But then he ends with that, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through Him. So the theme of Paul's life was Jesus. If you read other letters, it's Jesus. And the psalmist is saying, in your decrees, your word, your laws, your precepts are the theme of my song. Wherever I lodge, wherever I live, that is such an encouragement. So three, what do you have? Remember. Two, one, and now we wrap it up with All together now. Look at this. 
Now, it, it sounds okay to me, so I hope it sounds, you, you get the idea. Remembering God's Word brings comfort to us no matter the situation because the theme of our song is God's Word. I hope it makes sense to you. Because you have in the passage, remember, it brings comfort because it's the theme of my song. That's what I see. But watch this. He ends, the psalmist, verse 56. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. The Hebrew word is, if you literally translated it into English, it would be, this has become mine. This has become mine. Now get that in your head. If it's not yours to begin with, it's not going to help you, right? Right? If it's not yours, it's not going to help. But if the psalmist is saying, this has become mine, it's in my possession, and I'm going to live by it, I'm going to remember Jesus and God's Word, I'm going to remember His ancient laws because they bring comfort, and now it's the theme of my song, it's mine, I'm going to obey the precepts. I'm going to follow God with my whole heart. This has become mine. So what do we do with this beautiful book? Make it yours. It's not a selfish thing. Make it yours. Study it. Meditate on it. Grow in the knowledge and grace of God from the Word of God. But look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're almost done. 2 Timothy chapter 4 It says this, Paul encourages Timothy. Now there is in store for me, Paul says, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all, to how many people? All who have longed for His appearing. What's in store for us? A crown of righteousness. Mark E. Moore in his Revelation commentary ends his commentary with this. Here then is the most amazing truth of all eternity. God loves you. And then he ends with Revelation 22 verse 17 and it's such a beautiful invitation. It says this, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. But watch this. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. So the Spirit and the Bride and the one who hears are saying, Come. And to those who are like, I need something. I'm thirsty for something. Come. And take the word or take the free gift of the water of life we talk about what do we do with this beautiful book god's word the holy bible but constantly all throughout psalm 119 yes we have god's written word but who's the word of life jesus believe in jesus repent of your sins confess him as lord and savior 
Be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then, we can be like the psalmist. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. We start to follow God with our whole hearts. I always equate, when I'm talking about baptism, I equate it to this. I started my journey of faith there. Did it end there? You should say no. Because if it did, I would be this nobody, okay? But that's where it starts. I believe that. That's when we say, God, I need you. This is going to be my my practice. I'm going to follow you. And it starts in the water. You're raised to a new life. And then what else do you have? Not just the Word helping you and Jesus in your life. You've got the Holy Spirit. But who else do you have? You have a family. Do you like family? Don't say that out loud, okay? We love family, especially the family of God. Because once... Some of you may be scared to go into the water. I know that. Some of you may be like, there's too many people here. And I'm I'm not just talking to people that are in this church. I'm talking to people maybe listening online, wherever they might be. But some people are afraid of water, yes. Some people are afraid of crowds. I don't want to do it in front of people. But I want to remind people, yes, the water is not magical. But something happens there. Because God's Word, Jesus, does something. Do you agree with that? It's not me doing the work if I put you under the wall. It's not me. God does something in a person's life. If they, like the psalmist, it has become mine, and now I'm going to obey. Such a powerful. This section was powerful to me. I don't know about you, but... Remembering God's Word brings comfort to us, no matter the situation, because the theme of our song is God's Word. 3, 2, 1. Let's pray. This is a prayer in the words written by Philip Bliss. It's a hymn he wrote. Sing them over again to me, Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty teach me faith and duty. Christ the Blessed One gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinner, list to the loving call. Wonderful words of life. All so freely given, wooing us to heaven. Sweetly echo the gospel call. Wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all wonderful words of life. Jesus, only Savior, sanctify forever. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. In the name above every name, Jesus Christ our Lord.
Amen.